Scarlet the coins to dabble the brain. And salt to pay the loins. Get ready to laugh, get ready to drive. Strap on your seatbelt for no 35. We're the drivers, you're the passengers. To clock the shop with John Hasper. Sore from work, you better ice it. Get ready, kiddies. It's time to slice it. Ooh. We have a great show, so count all the coins to dazzle the brain and saute the loins. Get ready to laugh, get ready to jive. Buckle up, bitch. It's Nerd 35. We'll take the car out of park, and you're the passenger. With Clark the Shark and John Hassinger. Too hot in the city. You better ice it. Buckle up, kiddies. It's time to slice it. Two people doing this podcast... Invented it. Wait, this is the podcast. Okay, I'm just going to podcast off the floor. Good decade for social. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to see you. Thanks for doing the show. We, uh, yeah, Skype has really come a long way. It's like AIM back in the day. They, they made you constantly update it, but then you, you did. And there was nothing different. Um, it's Microsoft, right? This is all Microsoft owned now. Yeah, and it's going to be phased out. I think Teams is taking over. Teams, and they're going to like phase out Skype. I don't think they're updating Skype anymore. Okay. Uh, Which is exciting. It's cutting edge radio. <laughs> I do like. I, it is good to see you. How are you doing? We have uh, Terry Fitzgibbons in the house tonight. He is. Uh, a good friend of ours. I haven't seen Terry in maybe like 15, 20 years. Been a while. Yeah. It's been a long time. But you and John have uh, seen each other recently. You guys you guys both went to Lansdale Catholic, right? Oh. Uh, no. Oh. no I, uh, Terry, I, went, uh, I went to the school on the hill. The, uh, he didn't join you went to LaSalle. Mm-hmm. John, uh, you went to LaSalle? I thought you went to Lansdale Catholic. I went to LaSalle freshman year. And oh. uh, I transferred to LC. I've I've done as a Lasallian. I've done some community service work at uh, at Lansdale Catholic. You know, visiting visiting the unfortunate there um, in their building um, was yeah. a nice. <laughs> we appreciated that too. Yeah, shut it. I think the small donation. We gave you guys we gave you guys our textbooks. I think. Yeah. I do like the shut-ins. Would you visit them? What do we do? Charity work. Let's just say, in a, I don't know. Maybe like a less fortunate economically driven part of the city or uh rehabilitation center for the aging it's or, it's rewarding and it's the good thing it's the right thing to do but once you're doing it though you just want to get the hell out of there right like after a while you're like all right gertrude this has been great but <laughs> i need a shower yeah i need to get out of here yeah, it's, like, it's like one of those things where you're like expecting the uh, um, the gratification like to come faster and for you to just like get out of there. It's always like when we have a short holiday week, you like expect it to like go faster, but it just like takes longer. You're like, oh yeah, short week, okay. Oh, it's only Tuesday morning, <laughs> right? And it's always busier the last day for whatever reason. You're right. like. Oh yeah, we could deprogram this. It's only five o'clock. Ready to got one foot out the door, keys in hand. Let's let's do this. Let's turn it up, dude. That has been happening to me this whole weekend. Like this, this deal that like we couldn't wrap up on Friday. It's like trickled into yesterday and into today, 
I'm like constantly running back and forth to like do work. That's like what I was doing when you guys signed on. It's yeah, like it's dragging through the weekend. Play. I apologize for the harassment then while you were trying to do work. Yeah. It's always stressful on a Friday because my boss will always be like, oh, before you go or at home, before, you take, before you're done for the weekend, is it, can, we, is it, can we do this? And I'm like, yeah, it's about th- that's like a three-hour job. Uh, but I don't want to leave it hanging. Like a, that, that will eat into me for the, the whole weekend. I'll feel like I'm, you know, so I'll, I'll just I'll work late just to get it done so I can be clean. I don't like the black to go cloud. to the weekend with, like, yeah, with something hanging. I just, it's just not my practice. But, uh, Terry, it's great to see you. Do you go by Terry still, or do you prefer Ted? I do. I do. Um, yeah, only uh, pretty much everyone's Terry these days. Um, I think yeah. John actually might be, like, the one, the one person out there who calls me Terrence. Um, so I like it, though. Well, because cool. well, for the longest time, you were, like, not a fan of the name Terrence. And then as life went on and age yeah. and, you know pride and all that stuff i was like yo i heard some lasalle kids calling you terrence are you just like being too nice and not telling them to like mm-hmm. not call you that and you were like nah it's okay it's fine so i was like sweet i'm gonna start calling you terrence now the best but then part. i discovered that i could say that's gold terry gold <laughs> it's gold well also the the terrence is you know maybe one of the um more yeah, popular names uh in the black community so it would be but Terry is like the whitest of the white names, so like I either I either can go white or black, um, depending on uh, until I show up, you know. Depending uh, on who's there. <laughs> yeah, you could use that to your favor, like right, an applica- yeah. the application process. Right, right. Do I need to go as Terrence or do I need to go as as Terry? Uh, yeah. But yeah, Terry will do. Sorry, that was a long intro there. Is it? Did that ever happen where you tried to go one way? on an application and in the in-person interview they're like oh uh, hey well on my on my way to my second ship in the navy a uh, couple of the guys in the division i was coming into thought there was a chance that i was black uh because of terrence was my full name but then um then i showed up and i, I ruined it um <laughs> <laughs> you let let him down. So you, tell me about the Navy. What what? Because yeah, I haven't I seen you say, so long. What's I, going I, on? I, I take the blame for the terrible intro. I've known Terry since eighth grade, since second grade, like uh, mm-hmm. late late eighties, early nineties. Um, and as Clark mentioned earlier, we did go to high school together freshman year, and then I went, uh, I downgraded, uh, and went to a. Uh, a lesser known school. I transferred schools. Uh, you know, we stayed in touch. We'd bump into each other here and there every once in a while. But for years, we've been talking about bringing Terry on the show because yes. of what I've observed of him on Facebook and his general opinions and, and uh, viewpoints. And I just wanted to get him on here and sit him down and kind of like dig into more of that. Um, but yeah, like I said, you, or like you've mentioned, you were in the Navy. Uh, You've traveled all over the world, pretty much. But yeah, go ahead. Start Thanks with the name. Service. Sarah. Was that like? When did you go to that? Was that after high school? Or after uh, so uh, right after college. So I did ROTC. I remember in eighth grade, John. I don't know if you remember. We were on the USS Intrepid, uh, the, that museum in New York City for a New York City trip there, and uh, I remember being for whatever reason, enamored by the ship and all, and then started talking, nerding out and talking about wanting to join the Navy. And I think you gave me a good eye roll then. Oh, I did. 
Yeah, and as well as you should have. Um, but whatever, for whatever reason. I just reason, knew, oh, well, I'll never see him again, because I'm yeah. not doing the Navy. In the Navy. Yeah, yeah it was, um, whenever, whenever people say, why'd you do it, I, I always say, I, I thought it would be cool. I thought it would be fun. Uh, and then, of course, the corollary is that it wasn't. But anyway. Um, why wasn't it? Yeah, what, it wasn't fun or it wasn't cool? Uh, probably neither. Neither. Okay. Um, so I... I took an ROTC scholarship, um, went to college on that, and, yeah, joined it for whatever reason, you know, 17-year-old kids sign on the line to join the military, kind of these vague notions of, you know, serving your country and all that, and so I, I joined it with all the naivety, but also goodwill that a uh, 17-year-old kid can, and, um, but then you get out there into the actual Navy, and it's, wow, it's just like, it's yes. Describe it like office space, you know, except that you're out at sea, and so you're just what? What was your position in the navy? Like, what were you? Were you on? What like kind of vessel were you? Were you ah, on? What was I your like, capacity? Thank, thank you for the term vessel. I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I was on a minesweeper uh, out of Bahrain for for two months. The USS Cardinal, the mighty Cardinal. Oh, ironically, and, that's the name of the weed I'm smoking right now. Yeah, I, I was. You know, I was going to say it looks Thanks like for your service, John. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Down the hatch. Um, uh, bird of prey, yeah, cardinal. Um, and yeah. then I got shifted to the USS Pelican uh, in Ingleside, Texas, which is near Corpus Christi. And by that time, I uh, knew I was probably going to get out. It was just, we were tied to the pier for, for essentially two years. Um, but this super cutthroat anxiety um, kind of down down periscope. You remember that movie with um, Kelsey Grammer and trying to get the ship up and running? Yeah, Except it's up there with Operation Dumbo Drop. It's those Rob, are it's one of Rob those like, movies. Right? Those were, um, I think, it won Best Picture that year. Um, and yes. Yes. that's when um, he's like, "Look, there's our new ship," and it's like this rusted up ship. And Rob Schneider says, "I feel like I need a tetanus shot just from looking at it." <laughs> right. So that was that was it for two years, and and then second tour went to Japan, uh, and I was on a ship that did actually was out in the middle of the Pacific doing circles for for months at a time, and um, by that time knew knew I wanted to get out. No regrets. Uh, met a lot of good people, some very close friends, saw some cool places, but um, yeah, it was many 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 boring days. You know, kind Tara, of very, was was it uh, was it a lot of like. Huh. I'm not sure what I want to do. And I always had like a pull to this. I'm just yeah. going to I'm just going to see where it goes. And like early on were you like what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, about about a month in. <laughs> Was it like <laughs> uh like um you know cabin fever or like uh you know like what's it called the shining where you're trapped on this tub and you just uh, island fever? Pretty, pretty much. Um, you know, there were the Navy taught me how to yearn. Uh, I did, I did a lot of good yearning. You know, like you I, appreciate you, things. Do you yearn? You get back. I, I, and I yearn a lot now. I don't um, yearn. Crave. When you were on the, was it the USS crazy. Pelican? Mm-hmm. Did a captain or admiral? I guess it would be a captain of the the ship. Did they ever say it's Pelican, not Pelican, or anything cheesy like that? I did. That you was did me. okay because I'm hoping that was, with that with a name yeah, like uh, Pelican, there yeah. has to be some kind of like pun being used. There was so actually my so my captain made the wrong uh, puns. My captain who eventually got fired, um, thankfully, 
but not not for this, but it was all part of it. He was talking to a friend, uh, Ted, who was uh, Mexican, and he said, you know, don't be a Mexican, be a Mexican. Um, so that was, right. you know, less less kosher than taking that same joke and making that for Pelicant, Pelican. But oh, we yeah. definitely that we were definitely tied to the pier, um, and we we would go out. And then the engine would break down, and we were planning to be out there for the week, and then we'd come back in, and we would all be cheering because it wanted Whoa. to go out. So, well, you spent two years in the Navy. Uh, four. Four years. Four. I guess that would make Whoa. sense. I guess it is four. That's the minimum, right? And, dude, Unless you're discharged. When you, yeah, I tried. Were, when you were first in another country, like Japan, was it the first time you were in another country? Um, I spoke another language. So, first time I did, in, be, in between one of those years in college, um, I, did, I was out in Spain for three weeks with the Navy. But the most significant time was uh, spring, of, spring of junior college. I got to spend five months in Cairo, Egypt, studying abroad. Um, not unrelated to the Navy. The Navy let me go. Uh, and um, so I, I spent five months studying there. Oh, that's great. That's cool. Like, that's what you want to do. You want to like, get went, as far away as you can and just soak it up like a sponge. I know. Is the, uh, is the patriotism and the, you know, stars and stripes forever, Captain America, is that exhausting in the Navy? Like, what is the, like, culture like? Is everyone Captain America or is it a mix? So, it, that's a good question because in the mix, of, like, when you're in the throes of it, like, when you go down to the engine rooms and like the enlisted guys are you know sweating their asses off and turning wrenches for who knows why like right. they just they just want to um they just want to go home right you know so everyone's working to go home but then yeah there are moments like the parades and you know whenever we'd have to do you know uh, all like the ceremonial bullshit like that it was tough or or I one I remember one moment the um, there was a helicopter flying off of our ship, and some guy said, "You know, like, oh man, that's that's America or something like that." And he wasn't <laughs> joking. I was thinking the same thing, that's but weird. I was like very tongue in cheek. Uh, right? Yeah, America. Um, See that right there? Machine. Yeah, that's America. That's it. That's it. Yep. Um, that's like looking it, out at the ocean and going, "See that water? That's God's water." You're like, "Yeah." Well, that, that brings yeah. us back to yearning. That brings us back to yearning. Yep. Right. <laughs> Does. This is good land. We're we're in the middle of the ocean. Good mm. good land. Yeah, like I wonder how it works. Like I was always curious. Like, can you just be like, yo, I quit. I don't want to do this anymore. So I tried that. And then what happens? Like huh? that doesn't seem very American. If you're not allowed to leave, seems very mafia. Right, right. <laughs> well, there's a different. You you sign away rights when you're in there. Um, I yeah, tried I heard to, that. I tried to get out. Um. I even, you know, for for a quick moment, thought about this is bef this is while "Don't Ask, Don't Tell" was still was still the um, name of the name of the game. There, I try no, not tried. I thought for a moment, like, do I want to don't want to go that route, but that would of course be dishonest. Um, and like a lot of people would do a but disservice. But you seriously thought about maybe going down that that route, pretending to be gay, route yeah, to yeah. get out of it. So you really wanted out of the navy. I did, and. And part wow. of it was... I'll um, suck a dick if it doesn't... <laughs> hey, you know? You. Whatever it takes. You do one, you do them all, you know? So, um, yeah. And yeah. then... Um, but knowing some people who... Um, 
who were actually that you know that is their orientation. I was like, oh, that wouldn't be you know that that would seem to be a disservice to them, like to 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 pretend to be uh, for one. And plus, I'm not a good liar. Yeah. Um, no, you but not- I I did yeah I. I I didn't learn that from John. Had was very skilled at that. Uh, and <laughs> so if you, so you didn't need to be. Yeah, <laughs> if you were to be dis, is it dishonorably discharged? Mm-hmm. So if that happened, does that follow you around like a like a criminal record for the rest D-Y. of your life? Yeah, how does so, that work? So the biggest thing is you can't get, v- and I, I might not have this exactly right, but the biggest thing is you don't get VA benefits, or you know. So, um, you're like Pete Rose, like Pete, yeah, you know. Um, get any union, union, union benefits, <laughs> right? Um, you, you know, for the most part, like, like if I, I put the Navy on a job application now, I don't put honorably discharged. Like it's just kind of assumed. Um, it could follow you around, like yeah, if you people who really wanted to do the digging. Like, if you wanted to get like a government job, I guess, or something, they'd be like, "Yeah, we don't want to hire this dirtbag." Right. But you really have to work hard to get dishonorably discharged. Oh, I really? That. Yeah. Somebody, uh, I think it was my brother-in-law. He was in the military. And I asked him, like, well, "What if you did this?" You know, like drinking mm-hmm. one night. What if you did that? He was basically saying it was very hard. He basically the way he painted it was, it's almost not worth it to do that mm-hmm. because you really have to screw up and like. It'll be bad for you. I, I don't know how true that is, but apparently it's not easy to do. We, I think we had a guy on our ship who popped positive for coke for cocaine, and um, he still got like a, either an honorable or they have this other category other than honorable, which is kind of like this nice in between. Um, oh, I did think okay. about so one of the ways I was trying to get out, um, and this brings it back to the the time in Cairo was. Part of, you know, the, the day-to-day life in the Navy was kind of rough, but also I was, like, wondering, like, what, what is our mission? And, you know, in 2003, we invaded Iraq, and I was in Cairo at the time, and obviously safe and sound. I don't want to make that more dramatic than it is, but that, like, v- watching that from that happen from there was kind of life-changing, whereas, like, 70, 73% of Americans supported that war, whereas 0% of Egyptians did. Um, and so to have that perspective, so I had a moment years later where I actually considered getting out as a conscientious objector. Uh, but the thing about that is you have to be, you have to prove that you're against like all war always. And uh, like I, that's, that's, I don't think I am like, I'm very, nowadays I'm very anti-war, but I'm not a pacifist. Like there are times like, you know, for, for defense and, um, and all that, uh, theoretical stuff, but um, so I thought about that, but didn't decided to stick in. Uh, went to Japan, and here I am. Um, well, that was twelve years ago. But. So when you went to Japan, did you like know Japanese? Like, did you have to learn it? Like, wh- or did they all speak English too? No. So um, I did not. I learned a couple phrases in, in Japanese, and um, but spent so much time out at sea that we we I did have an apartment out in town, but you have enough there's enough English out there um, that you can get around. I guess right. the Japanese, you know, we're not necessarily like other European countries where everyone speaks English. Like a, a lot of Japanese do not. But um, there was just, especially near a Navy base, so much was built up to support, you know, non-Japanese speakers for better or for worse, you know. 
so then we were kind of ugly Americans, and so you could make ends meet. Ugly yeah. Americans, <laughs> right? Spoiled brats, yeah. Drinking on the street, yeah. Adjust your yeah. town so Not we can buy some Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Whatever it takes. We're mm-hmm. ungovernable. Uh, so, but that's so that's cool. So you mentioned you're you're not a pacifist, but mm-hmm. you're short of like the Kremlin bombing the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do you think we should be partaking a lot of these military police actions that we that we are right now? Uh, no, I, I say definitely not. Uh, you know, case by case basis. But um, as I tell people, I'm anti-war, but I'm not anti-military. Um, right. Like, and, and, and I think any sane person, like in the military, like when you can, if you consider what war is, should also be anti-war. Like we want to avoid that. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, we, you know, especially because we just have a, a, not much credibility, like especially when it comes to the Middle East, like how, like there's some, there's some bad stuff happening in Syria, for example, and, and maybe. I That's what know, came but, to mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's no good answer there and, and maybe there could be a military option, sort of, kind of, and maybe we could play a role, but it's just, like, really hard because next door in Iraq was, we kind of threw all our credibility away there for the past. Yeah, it kind of went out the window. Um, here's a deep cut for you, Terry. Oh, the military, uh, a lot of times, uh, patriotism is synonymous with military strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for better or for worse, do you think that's a problem? And I'll give you an example. It's, I feel like a, a lot of the tone of the country when dealing with foreign policy is, uh, well, we could just bomb them. Well, we'll just, mm-hmm. well, we got all the gun. We got all the bombs. We could do it. Mm-hmm. As a, well, we're, we're, no, you, you don't have the bombs. The Pentagon has the bombs. You, you mm-hmm. don't have anything. You're with me. I can disagree or agree with you. Do you think that's a problem? Do you think too many people give America a bad name by just assuming, well, we're stronger. Just fuck it. Let's just do it. Yeah. Let's just go in there and bomb them as opposed to, more diplomatic routes? No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, one of the the biggest emblems for me of our folly in the past eight months was, uh, remember the USS Teddy Roosevelt, the the um, aircraft carrier, right? When the sailors got oh, yeah, COVID yeah, yeah. and they came in, you know, that, you know, that's a $4 billion, or a couple, maybe I think $4 billion warship, right? And you might argue that we need that or... Um, we need a number of them, but at the end of the day, right, that doesn't keep you safe. Um, right, it's like taking off your shoes at the airport. It's just like, yeah, it's a thing that makes you think you're safe, but right. But at the, yeah, and the then, bad guys are already right. aware. And if you only define right, you know, there are national security threats, but if you only define national security as military, then you and you don't invest in public health, and you don't invest in like science, um, then and you have a hundred, you have one hundred and seventy thousand people die from from COVID because you know we have the world's strongest military, but we don't we don't give a damn about public health and and science. Like, well, are you are you safe? Are you secure? Um, right. It's like having a nice house on the block, uh-huh. and everybody's sick inside and shit. There's no medicine, but you got the best security system and. Guns outside and guards. Uh, Nobody's getting in there, but the you're also rotting away. The pool it's, is great. The pool is great. It's uh, such it reminds a, me of such a old like 
a theory or like outlook on war you know like they're imagining like a country to invade us by ship and we'll have mm-hmm. our tanks lined up on the coast all of our ships lined up you know <laughs> die, and we we'll attack them, and we'll defend this land and no one will fight on our land <laughs> it's like you dumbass they're gonna hack our shit they're yep. gonna sneak yep. in they're gonna come in here pretend that they're citizens like there's just we're it, screwed yeah, we shouldn't like be overloading on guns yeah, it's, it's like the wall mentality well if we build a wall of Mexico kids can't get in here yeah because <laughs> that's a problem anyway right all those um, mexicans coming in to steal our jobs let's get I that know. wall going it, it reminds you, me of, and... of the the ships the uh i'm sorry with the navy ships what is it hope and the medical oh ships. the big medical ones yeah, yeah yeah when covid broke they sent one to california they're like oh it's got like 1200 beds there's 50 million people in california yeah if the hospitals get overwhelmed that ship's not going to do anything Unless yeah. you're like a VIP. You can get the Senate out. The assembly. <laughs> but that's it. But it's like, yeah, it kind of goes back to the Teddy Roosevelt. Like, what is this mm-hmm. going to do? Um, right. You, I, like I said, you can make the argument and that you know, we need that. But it's like, if, if your only focus is on military, um, then and you don't invest in people, you don't invest in education, uh, you don't invest in, you know, I mean, people are so anti-science these days, you know, and our health, health infrastructure is, you know, crumbling and people can't get health insurance. So like, all right, so how, yeah, how do you define safe? Funny, John, you mentioned about the ships out there. The, that's actually was like the problem of what we call SWO life, surface warfare officer. That was the, the type cool. of community I was in because we were in these big ships that were built for like the Cold War era, like us yeah. versus Russia and us versus and yeah, like, that era no longer exists and so we are like just we're just kind of doing circles in the middle of the pacific ocean i know yeah it's <laughs> like okay i think they see what we have mm-hmm. and they're not going to try the same shit that they did in the 40s there there was an article a few years back it's it's been a, a conversation but mm-hmm. i think it was the times about we should be investing because we over you know outspend our built our military spending outspends like mm-hmm. the next three countries combined so somewhere along those lines, that we should be focusing more on small, precise, like elite military forces, as opposed to what you said—these huge Cold War era mm-hmm. like fleets that are kind of irrelevant unless you're doing a full-scale war, which is very unlikely with the, you know, each the technology. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's like the way we should? I don't know what that looks like either. I don't yeah. know what a small, precise military is, but is that I a good think, thing? You know, I think relatively, as long as it is, it is. Yeah, I guess let me back up. Like, if if depends on what we're going to use it for, right? So, um, if we're still going to use that for offensive, right? Like, if uh, it's all out chaos, those things will come in handy in mm-hmm. some way, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. They won't yeah. just be like blocks of nothing. You know, Everybody's like, we'll, we'll utilize them in some way. It just won't be the traditional way. Yeah. Or maybe. Um, and and. Um, so, no, I've thought about that a lot, too, you know, John, especially as you're talking about, you know, like tech and, 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 and cyber stuff. Um, and, yeah, more surgical uh, operations. And I think that was part of the, the kind of the Obama guy's shift to, you know, special forces this, special forces that. And I think that can be uh, a good move as long as it's, though, also 
coupled with a just foreign policy, right? So you can, you can go from a heavier military to a lighter footprint military, but if you're still interested in taking over brown and black people, like, then, which is, you know, what we do, uh, you know, then, yeah. then you might as well, yeah. then that's not a major shift. Um, you know, we were, we were, and then you see with special forces, you know, kind of like everyone like kisses the seals asses and everything. And, you know, maybe, or maybe not, they deserve it. But like also because they're held in such high esteem, like we, when they commit, when particular seals, I should say, uh, commit war crimes, they are then freed because, you know, um, because they're so they're, they're held they're, so high, yeah, and they're doing something that nobody else has the mm -hmm. bravery to do. Right, right. Um, so we'll give which, him a pass for waterboarding that guy for four days. I, <laughs> which, which you know, I don't. I certainly don't have bravery. <laughs> I'm glad someone else uh, is, you know, has that bravery. But I guess, yeah, it. You could have all the different. Actually, let me let me sorry, Matt. Let me let me uh, shift as another analogy. So I was thinking a lot about. Um, you know, Elizabeth Warren, when she was running, she was talking about, we're going to have a greener, you know, military, and we're going to have a, uh, a more gay-friendly military, and we're going to have a more lady-friendly military, which all of, of those by themselves, I think, are good. But if our military is still out there invading and occupying and, you know, however many bases, 800 bases we have overseas, like, it doesn't really, in the end, matter whether you have a greener or a gayer or more, you know, lady-friendly military. Right. Yeah. Long, long tangent it, I, there, sorry. No, no, that makes you can, sense. You can I edit, remember you can saying that. that and, and I do yeah, no, agree with shows that. It, roots are tangents. I do agree with those. Yeah, yeah, we're all about the tangents. Just call us tangerines. It's all, <laughs> this doesn't make sense. We are our tangents. You know, I'm just getting, I'm just getting warmed up. This is my first time. The, the, the problem loose, with loose. what Elizabeth Warren said is, while I agree with that, it breath and width and, and all that, it would basically take replacing the whole thing with something else because you have these old guys that have been in there forever and that mentality that mm -hmm. a lot of military members, you know, service members have mm -hmm. uh, towards like homosexuals, gay people, mm -hmm. women, is not going to change because like the person in office. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw that with Obama. There was a lot of racists in the military that still, he's not my president. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel like that's a huge under hall that would need to be taken but do you, do you think the military needs a big uh, or overhaul where they need to like gut a lot of key things out just like rebuild like as far as as far like as leader, like, like personnel leadership i think you know it is it is a god it's such a huge institution that like you know like bureaucracies move so so slowly and it's 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 uh definitely affected by patriarchy and militarism like by definition uh, and military culture, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, just thinking about all the nastiness, you know, with that Fort Hood and, and, and um, thinking about uh, the, the young woman uh, who was killed. And, you know, and obviously those are the extremes. I'm, I don't want to say that that's what happens all the time. But right. there is this kind of gross, macho, uh, sometimes, you know, racist... Um, culture and small piece yeah I, yeah I know we got to make up for it you know sure, um, yeah and compensators but uh, major compensators four billion dollars worth yeah um, but yeah you know if we're gonna have a military I think it should be a kinder gentler less macho one um, that can still do the job but yeah the military culture is whew, it's some 
It should be the big brother, not the big bully. Not big brother. <laughs> wait, wait. That's I don't, a good let's, one. <laughs> let's um, uh, a big older cousin. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always remember uh, Bret Hart describing this wrestling match he had with his brother, uh, WrestleMania 10. It was the first match of the night. Bret had two matches that night. Uh, one at the beginning against uh, Owen and one at the end against Yoko. And he talked about how when they're wrestling each other, the guy who's actually, like, hurting the other guy is actually, like, protecting the other guy. Like, doing the move a certain way to, like, protect them, but make it look real. Mm. It's like, America, like, needs to be like Bret Hart. They need mm. to just protect the world, not dominate it, not, like, take over it. Not imperialize it. You know, it's we like, do need more Bret Hart kind of mentality going on. And um, oh, Canada, he, he's okay. is he? He's no longer with us. Is that right? Owen is is past. Brett still. Alive. Brett's still with us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, actually, I should stroke. I should I should know that because every time I open up my Google Chrome to go to my work email, I type in O W because I want to go to O W A for uh, out whatever Outlook Work Access, and every morning Owen Hart comes up. Oh, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe Google's inviting me to do a little bit of digging. Yeah, I think they, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there's something research. there. It's a little big brother. I've been spending too much time uh, you know, researching other bullshit. I need, to, I need to get back to what matters. So, how Owen, are you doing the history with, of the Hart family. Yeah, that's what we should the be researching. The most important families in, in pro wrestling. Mandated. How, how are you doing with the uh, with COVID 19 lockdown? Everybody safe? Everybody yeah. good? How are you yeah, holding up? Good. Yeah, so we have been very fortunate. Um, I was able to teach from home uh, April through June, and uh, Whitney, my wife, able to work from home. So thankfully, both of us able to work from home, keep our jobs, because uh, I know many, many, many people across the nation, people we know, I don't know about you gents, um, you know, not that lucky. And then also Caroline, who is 14 and a half months, she's at a perfect age where you know, she didn't, she wasn't in daycare and we didn't, she's not like a teenager. We didn't have to tell her she couldn't have a prom or she can't go see her friends. She doesn't have any friends. Like it's us. So, uh, and she's also like old enough that like we felt like she's sturdy enough. So we kind of hit this sweet spot. We've been real spoiled. Uh, obviously COVID, COVID sucks, but, um, we've, we've recognized that it's been good for our family, family time, like, you know, ironically, and, um, that's not to make light of it. Now it's almost like a miniature, like year-long paternity maternity leave, mm -hmm. where you're like forced to just bond and like let's mm -hmm. figure each other's temperaments out now. So you know when she gets older, it's whatever. But yeah, I agree. How old is she, Tara? I, I didn't hear you. Uh, she's almost fifteen months. Yeah. Okay. Is she walking yet? She is walking and talking. Uh, oh God. Yeah. Walk. Walking, <laughs> it's, it's it's good what you said though. It makes sense. You people should take advantage of without you know not uh, taking the pandemic less seriously. But if you're going to be stuck at home and you're financially secure and working, you should you know it's good to iron out things and you know do that use that time to bond. Yeah, I think most more people should exercise. You know that's like the leading cause of death related to everything with COVID nineteen. Right. You never yeah. hear the government say, "Hey, while you're home." 
let's let's start yeah. getting in shape, and that Do should be like the most important things. And people are just getting fatter. You know, yeah. Hall's John Halsey White. He died yesterday, <laughs> coroner. That's not true, but I like I I feel like the bonding is good. You guys are really, you know. But there's I, a lot of people that aren't. Do a lot. Of, feel like, we do a lot of walking. We do a yeah, lot. Of, yeah, no, you're, you're a very in shape, handsome, handsome man. Oh wow, thank but you. But I feel like, don't you think more people should be exercising, going on that walk? Well, that's yeah. what uh, that's what Joe Rogan was saying. He's like, we keep like focusing on all this nonsense. It's like, why don't we get to our health again? Mm-hmm. Can we like get back to our Did he damn say that? fucking health? Like, exercise True. 20, 20 minutes a day. Go walk outside. It's mm-hmm. free. You can do it. You don't have to wear a mask. Like just it's good mentally for minutes. you. Yeah, the it's meditation. Part. Some people sit still when they meditate. I walk like six miles a day total, and it's fucking. Yeah. It's good on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless no, you I don't stretch. Like I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to sound like you should get out and start your walking, but <laughs> I I feel like that should have been an emphasis. You never heard Fauci say like. Hey, the best thing you can do for yourself is exercise. Get yourself in shape. Because mm-hmm. these underlying conditions, most of them come from being out of shape. Diabetes, asthma. They, well, I mean, things you, asthma you can be born with. But there, there's, there's things you can do to lessen the chances of dying from this. Right. And, I, and I feel like we're not talking about that. It's, it's all stream some movies. It's almost impossible to avoid all the pretend food that's out there. You yeah. know, food that your body just, like, doesn't do anything. Yeah. You barely even shit it out. It just, like, hangs in you forever. <laughs> right. So and I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not preaching either. I have, I haven't, well, it's 150 degrees outside today, so I'm definitely <laughs> not going to. But I haven't really been exercising this week. I'm drinking beer, you know, but I still make time to do, like, the walks or the work week. And, and I, I just feel like there's not an emphasis on that. Mm-hmm. That could that could help save a lot of lives. But We're very, um, yeah, very you know some car centric culture we're very um definitely junk, junk food centric culture um we're very you know, that, like that, that, convenient it's all it's mm-hmm. like the more convenient we make life for ourselves the more dangerous mm-hmm. we make life for us you know like the gun right that was just for convenience it just yeah was easier to kill someone <laughs> <laughs> did you uh tell me a little bit more john about your um your your medit walk walking meditation because I try to do that once in a while but that, I don't not as uh, not as regular not as disciplined. I mean, it's just I just walk like a five k at lunch and then mm-hmm. a five k at like seven thirty eight depending on when mm-hmm. Hannah goes to bed. Seven thirty eight is very specific. Seven thirty <laughs> or or eight. Usually that, it takes it takes me an hour. That's your daily like regimen that you do there. Yeah. That's pretty dedicated. That's good. That's great. Are you allowed to take music? Are you allowed to, or do you just go yeah, 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 over yeah, yeah, the trees? Yeah. Uh, for the most part, the music I listen to is the Avengers theme song. Mm-hmm. You know, like the orchestral. And that keeps me going. Or I'll listen to, you know, a podcast, like an interview. I love Neil Brennan's podcast, I think it's great. I did uh, listen to uh, Johnny mentioned the other day on the show Miley Cyrus's interview with Joe Rogan, where she sounds like a fifty-year-old smoker. Eighty. You're, you were joking around. It was like uh, Terry. Are you familiar with how Miley Cyrus sounds? Voice of an angel on record. No. Uh, I, I only know how she sounds on Wrecking Ball. Well, an uh, interview. It's like yeah. 
well, then I, I just said to the guy that uh, we, we're going to do oh, a yeah. song. And I was like, is this, is this a joke? She really I got, sounds. I like... got my dad a a bathtub and a pizza, and the bathtub is full of bubble gum. I was like, <laughs> Miley, but I know she said like surgery and everything. But it I, was I like, wanted her to start wheezing. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> she sounded like one of Marge Simpson's twin sisters. Right. That's. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I now that you recall, I do. I remember a couple interviews. Not that I, you know, dig dig through her archives, but um, but yeah, it is that. Um, if we find out she has that voice thing, though, we got we're all going straight to hell, you know. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, in a in a second. There's no uh, forgiveness for that. I just think it. I. Uh, you think just, it's put on? I, no, I think it. It has to hurt to talk. Mm. Like the way that she sounds, it sounds like it hurts her to speak, mm-hmm. uh, which has got to be exhausting. And it's like I a, know, it sounds like she has a trach or something in her. Don't like it's uncomfortable her heart, though. Her her achy breaky heart. And no. Yeah. Yeah, his achy, breaky heart is stage two. There is a very strange but very good, um, you, you know, the group Bastille. They covered um, Bastille. Don't, um, uh, achy, breaky heart. And it was like this very uh, ethereal sound of um, Billy Ray Cyrus's classic, but also like geared towards Miley Cyrus. Anyway, sorry. Um, don't you just... tell my heart, my <laughs> achy, breaky heart. But yeah, yes. dude, I mean, it's basically like just uh, exercise, a bit of a break, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, just meditation. Like, uh, I love Rogan, I love Neil Brennan, and I love, uh, well, I don't love him, but I've been listening to this guy, David Pakman, mm. on YouTube. Have you ever okay. heard of him? Big time liberal, big time Trump mm-hmm. crusher. Yeah, I do hear talking about. He's good. I like him until he starts talking about his advertisers. Like in the last Shameless. minute of every episode. <laughs> no, because his voice is so irritating. He's like, guys, I love this new powdered shit that I'm hawking <laughs> right in your face, and I'm lying to you that I love it. Speaking of sponsors, tonight's show is sponsored by Santa Secret Shop. Come on and get your pencil sharpeners <laughs> and pencil grips today in the janitor's closet behind center stage. Santa Secret Shop. Spin the wheel. That uh, is, um, what do you make a Santa Secret Shop, Terry? Because I know you're familiar with St. Jude Days. And Santa Secret Shop, I want to give, real quick, if I may, a description to the, for the listeners. Right, we all went to Put the Catholic school, school together, uh, grammar school. Santa Secret Shop was uh, a temporary pop-up shop in the school. Kids could buy presents for their parents. Now, when I say presents, this is before the days of electronics, mostly. So it, it wasn't like you're getting an iPad or... You're really not getting anything oh, okay. nice there. It's more like school supplies and maybe like a picture frame. Mm-hmm. A rosary, maybe. Maybe an occasional rosary. <laughs> yeah, the rosary. The plastic rosary. glow-in-the-dark uh, rosary. But it was like in this, you know, supply closet almost. Like a storage closet where they stored like chairs. What, do, what, what are your fondest memories of the Santa Secret Shop? So it was not my memory, but it was legend. Uh, John, if I say Matt Schwartz, whom do you say? I say Bryn obeyed. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, oh. and who knows? Who knows if that I was worried? Even even happened. It but, did. I saw it. Okay, like that. I watched like um, a weirdo. That in fifth <laughs> dressed as Santa. You know, in fifth grade before like uh, before I even knew what you know uh, kisses were that uh, what women were. Matt Schwartz was already 
in, in Santa's secret shop. Um, he was light years ahead of us. And, oh, yeah. Um, those pencil grips, they were not. <laughs> yeah. No. No, they were not. They were not having it. <laughs> pencil, pencil grips like we're made of cotton balls. That was uh, a real gift, though. I remember the grips. Yeah, like what? What, what, what are you too. doing? Like, like, I can like, hold my pencil fine. I can't hold the pencil. I'm I'm too fragile. Um, but it was a, it was a good. So like it's one of those St. Jude uh, suburban legends. I don't. Um, you know, you say X, of course I say Y. You know, match words, burn obeyed. But um, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to kiss and tell third hand. You know, I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> I remember hearing those rumblings. I remember that. I was there. That story. I was there. Yeah. I, I was witness. You know what it was? It was where the chairs go. You know, like when yeah. you would collect the chair on those racks, and those racks went mm-hmm. in this like hidden room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's where they they tongued. Uh, who I, who was the shopkeeper of Santa's Secret Shop? Because I remember there was ooh. never any adults there. It was just like walk well, in. Apparently not. Or that, or they, or Schwartz paid them off. I mean, what was that? Right. About? Yeah. It was just kind of a free. You know what? Do you know how I know? Because I was like a lookout. I had to make sure that, like, you know, Carragher or Bomber wasn't coming around the corner, yeah. slithering around the corner. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> I think it was a parent volunteer. Thing. a puff of smoke. Carragher was our sixth grade teacher, and not to get anybody in trouble, she's never done anything to me that would make me think this way. But a little inappropriate with the boys, right? A little too friendly. A little inappropriate. Weird vibe. She was like the most obvious favorite playing teacher. Like she played favorites, like, and it was just too obvious. It was, it was like, too Yo, obvious. I'm 12, and I understand what you're doing is wrong. Which right. Is, which is why I got along well with her because I was obviously one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing her. I think I was like 14. Uh, after her grade, after her class, and uh, I saw her at Seven Eleven, and it was like, "Hey, Matt, how you doing?" And she was, it was just very off. Oh, it wow, was like, "Hey, I hope weird. you're doing well. Like, what's going on? What's new?" And I'm like, "I, I don't, I hate you. Like, yeah, I, I, I did I, not have a good time, you know, two years ago in your class. You were like a bitch to me. Yeah. But it was very like, so what's new? And very like, kind of flirty a little bit. I remember just thinking like, ah, it's so weird. Just, I never forgot of it. Just." Stuck with me the wrong way. Like there's something off with that lady. Well, you had, you know, you had left St. Jude, which means you left the church and you left the cloth. You know. Oh, I was open game then. Yeah. I was. It was open season. And, you and know, she had to get the car. And then we went on a drive up to Buffalo, and it was. I was. She touched my leg. I can't do it. She touched my leg. She did the <laughs> stick move, the shifter. But uh, I, uh, I remember Terry, like back in those days, would like get. I could, like, see him getting pissed when, like, me or Clark or Chad Munn were, like, fucking around. And I was like, why, why would you get mad at us? Like, we're just goofing off. Because Terry, like, understood, like, empathy and, like, probably felt bad for the teacher. But we had, like, no idea. We were like, no, this is our oh, playground. Yeah. You got kind of, you, yeah. Feel you're bad. Like, you... We are the victims. Yes, yes. You can, so every teacher has their favorites, but you're not supposed to play them. Like so, that's the like I, I uh, right, and I, I think I remember she played she played them. I mean, the we boys were we were I mean we were assholes, but you know that is that is kind of par for the sixth grade boy boy course. Um, oh yeah, our hormones it, are going out of control at that stage. If Bo oh, yeah. and I end up for sixth grade, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there there was a I remember yeah, I, really. I said this I know of course I, I've said this on the show before. There was a. We played like religious Jeopardy one time, and oh, you know, if you won, 
if you got the question right, you could take a, it was like a basketball shot, but it wasn't a basketball. It was like a, you know, a plush ball to the trash can. And if you went back a certain amount of feet, you got points. I, it was a weird thing. But I remember the the Jeopardy questions were all, she must have had like a, a board of 200, 400, 800, you know, the categories. And they were all the same answers because yeah, yeah. people were getting the question wrong. And then I remember somebody else would, you know, say, Jesus for 200. And it was the same exact answer. This man. So I was like, these aren't random. She's just reading from a board. So somebody got a question wrong. It was a really hard one. And the answer was the uh, Savior or something like that. Or what is the Messiah? Something. So I, I, it came Yahweh. to my turn, and I realized that was the answer. So I, I said, oh, yeah, you know, Moses for 600. She paused. She looked at it. She looked at me. She completely changed the answer. It wasn't even in that topic. And I mean, talk about playing favorites. I'm like, oh you're so. I was 12 years, 11 years old. And I didn't really care, but I'm like, how. She realized petty that she you? fucked up the game. Yeah, well, and she really she realized, hated it. Well, and also, you are a Moses expert. Like, you, that was your, oh. that was your subfield. And, <laughs> and she's like, he's not getting this. And, and then she no, pulled yeah, one. No way. She goes, New Testament on you, and you want Moses. You know? That's all I wanted was the Red Sea, and I got, <laughs> you know. But it's it, it it showed you like you know playing favorites. I, I remember thinking as a kid like what, what kind of adult are you? Like you're supposed to be, you know, setting an example. I felt like she was a, a girl, in an older grade that was like babysitting the class, and we didn't get along. I did, I never felt like it was a teacher, mm-hmm. like Barbara. Mm-hmm. I feared, you know. And I like to a degree respected the authority. I'm like, all right, you've been here for a long time. And yeah, you're scary. You're, you're, you know, you're nice. You're not so much playing favorites, but character. I felt like it was like the babysitter that got called last minute because the other one flaked. <laughs> anyway, Cutting Edge Radio. Tweet us at the underscore podcastle. You're listening to yes. Terry Fitzgibbons and uh, Clark the Shark, John Hassinger here on Dirt Thirty Five. Labor Day weekend. St. Jude. Yes. Uh, Terry, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on this pandemic? Uh, what is this going to wrap up? Are we looking at years and years? Are we? Do you think there's going to be a vaccine before the end of this year? What, oh, what's your educated guess? Yeah, so definitely not my uh, expertise, um, but obviously we are hoping. We're all hoping for the sooner the better. Um, but just yeah. kind of hearing uh, public health. And and infectious disease people, uh, you know, I'm, I think we're going to look at that. I mean, we're looking for a couple of years, like to get to normal, normal. Like maybe with vaccine, right? We we can get to a spot where, like, and and if and if Americans will ever finally submit to contact tracing and and wearing a goddamn mask, like we can me- get to some degree of normal, like. Um, and, <clears throat> but I don't know. I think we're looking at longer. I once again will admit I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, I, I am nobody hoping, does. I'm hoping for the sooner, but uh, I'm also resigning myself that it could be longer, so that maybe I'll be delightfully surprised. Right, that's a great answer, and nobody does, John. You're right. There's there is no wise old no. man on this. Everyone's subject. just like guessing, right? Yeah, there's uh-huh. no Yoda here. There's no Gandalf. We just have to. <laughs> we're just like guessing, like the scientist, the smartest scientist on planet Earth is kind of like figuring it out with there's us. No Dumbledore. There's, there's no, no Dumbledore. there's no Ralph the janitor. 
Yeah, there's no Professor Hulk. Hulk. There's, there's no, no there's Stark. no, yeah, there's no Bruce Ralph the janitor, Chuck the crossing guard, or whatever his name uh, was. Yeah. No Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's true. But old men, by the way. Why did we we we're very we're very sexist patriarchal here? Yeah, I know. Old. Uh, there's no wise old man on the subject. I think <laughs> there's no Betty Luzak. You know. Sir, the, the, there's no Molly Paul Hey, the Dewey the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> the uh, but yeah, that's that's a good. I know there's three vaccines that are uh, at risk vaccines being done, which means if they they're not guaranteed to work, but the government already did 1.5 billion or 100 billion. I don't know. Uh, oh, you know, for each. So that the second that one of them hits, they could get you know 200 million vac- vaccinations, and then another 400 million if they need it. And I yeah. think AstraZeneca. It was it was just it was. Um, Kind of, you know, reassuring in a way that they are companies are working on. Yeah, this. no, I, 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 that was welcome news. You know, like I, I I'm hopeful, but um, yeah, yeah, it's welcome news. Except for every apocalypse movie ever, what happens? There's an illness. Russia and China rush the vaccine, and it causes a fucking zombie apocalypse because <laughs> it's not good. It's not ready. I I only watch Ken Burns films. I did not see that zombie. Ooh. That zombie. <laughs> Who like is Ken Burns? Uh, he is a filmmaker. But you if you look him up. He's got the most ridiculous hair. There's like, no there's no way it's not a wig. Whenever I'm editing these videos on iMovie, uh, there's like three features for like the framing, and one of them is Ken Burns. Hmm. That's I'm, what he does. I'm like that's... is that famous? That's what he does in his uh, documentaries. He like did that that aspect of oh, where it, like the slow like zoom in from the right, right shred. That's not not the right. zoom in. That's been around before he was born. But like right. that idea of doing the a single picture frame. like that is what he did, and that it caught on. The still and, frame and putting a wig on it. Yeah, yeah. He, that hair is pretty fake. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, um, looks like a cult leader. But yeah, I. Yeah. I think if our, I would feel more hopeful if I lived in Japan or if I lived in uh, New Zealand or Germany, like place, countries that like want to do the right things to get over this. But I, it just seems we're, we don't, our notions of freedom are very strange here um, that we don't want to be told to do anything. So therefore, because we don't want to be told to do anything, therefore we're not free to to eventually get over this, right? Um, and there's no sense of shared sacrifice. No. Which is was, terrible. And I it's sad. And, it, and it's also uh, it's hypo- hypocritical that people don't want to do what they're told because they're doing that anyway every day with a million things. You have to drive right. this way, look this way, stop this way. It's anything new. It's, you know, well, I, it's, it's, it's fear is what it is. People are scared yeah. of this. So the reaction is, well, let's just keep things the same. Fuck you. And it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work where... You know, there's a new president in town, and you're like, "Well, I'm just gonna, you know, run the country. I'm just gonna do what I do anyway. Fuck him." Uh, mm-hmm. This is a matter of, you know, your love, life, and death, and uh, people are just stubborn with that. Which is why I told the wife, I was like, "If Trump wins this election again, we're moving to Germany." She's like, "Why Germany? What about France or England?" I was like, "No, no, no. They got they renewable energy. Mm-hmm. They they're mm-hmm. they're pretty much funding all of Europe. They're welcoming immigrants. They all speak English." They uh, they have this pandemic thing down. It's like the best country in the world to live right now, dude. Go to Germany. Even if Trump if Trump loses, 
he's not gonna like go away in like this sense of like he's not gonna leave the White House. But like he'll still be on Twitter. He'll oh, still yeah. he'll still hold press conferences. You know why? The fucking paparazzi will show up and broadcast <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. And his crazy maniacs are gonna just Dude, I'm like, oh man, it, it is not looking good at all. Because the stupid people, the people that are dumb enough to follow that guy, are the people that are going to like thrust us into this new age civil war. Mm-hmm. I think it's already here to a degree. Like, yeah. What keeps me up at, at night is how much longer is it going to be until you know, citizens of this country on both sides are armed in the street shooting at each other. I mean, that, that we're, we're seeing that now pieces of it yeah one of the things about germany obviously germany has some really messed up history they've done some some bad naughty stuff but oh, um i haven't heard one of, really? <laughs> i don't you know did? if you were there that day um but you know like secret shop <laughs> he was playing lookout in the secret shop um yeah. but for the past three decades they've made a very concerted effort and it's not perfect but like everyone there has to learn about what germany did right um, uh. so that like, you know, you know, we hope it never happens again. Um, and we, we were very stupid. Yeah. Yep. And, and, um, here's, here's the 6 million people we killed and here's how it Whoa. happened. Right. And people, they have to learn that in the United States, like we never, we, and we have never come to full grips with our history. Um, no, no, it's like a. A thing you don't really bring up, and if you do, it's not in a classroom setting. I was just, I, I, I am not on Twitter because it's just, I think that's probably good for my soul and sanity. But a friend forwarded, friend forwarded me a, a tweet from, from the president where saying, uh, if schools are teaching the 1619 project, they will lose funding. And I don't know if you know the 1619 project. Yeah. The yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna cut funding to, um, He's threatening to cut funding to California. Oh yeah, yeah, California. Was, yeah, California was that. Um, but like, what is so radical about the sixteen nineteen project? I mean, like, are you saying that we we can't teach that like slavery actually not only happened, but like its effects are still being felt today? Like, for those of us who had terrible um, social studies teachers, uh, <laughs> what is the sixteen nineteen act? So, um, and, and it's the I, ratio of my girlfriends to me when I was nineteen. It was a really bad time <laughs> in my life. Are we recording? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, and 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 to be honest, I only knew of that significant date like um, only a couple years ago. Uh, but sixteen nineteen was the first year that um, enslaved Africans were brought to the United States. Uh. So since since last year was twenty nineteen, which just seems forever ago. The 400-year anniversary, the New York Times and other, other outlets were, you know, like, hey, this 400-year anniversary, which, of course, is not an anniversary to celebrate, like, they did a whole big project, and there are lesson plans and podcasts and stuff about it, like, very interesting. Um, but, like, we, people don't want to learn that, because it's not like the rah-rah patriotism, you know. It's not sexy. And, and isn't it insane? Not only... Uh, did we make them slaves? But we went and got them and made them slaves. Mm-hmm. Not like they tried to invade and then mm-hmm. we imprisoned them and made them slaves. Mm-hmm. We picked them up to like, get out of here. Well, I, I did. I they brought me here. Yeah. Yeah. So, they don't. Uh, yeah. That's kind of his mo. Is just well, it didn't happen, or we mm-hmm. don't want to admit that. Not that it didn't happen. We just 
don't talk about it. I don't like it, so don't talk about it. It's like a terrible way to. And you you there in uh, with that. you there in uh, the land formerly known as Mexico, uh, Matthew, and yes. you're in L.A., right? Um, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, all of all of California kind of whoosh, taken from Mexico in 1848, and um, and then. Why did you people cross the border? You're like, well, eh, it didn't really work that way. We we were kind of here first. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Los Angeles was established in 1700s with the Treaty of I think it was Guadalajara, Guadalupe, something. But it was it's a it was a Mexican state, um, California. And is that, and is that and, like a move, like putting the Native American guy's head on our stamp? It's like we'll call it Los Angeles. <laughs> San Diego. The angels, because you're all dead now. San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, and um, the 1619, uh, it's, it's dangerous to, you know, try to stop that. Like, what does that say about us as a country? Look, the president? Uh, like, it's just see, irresponsible. That's, that's my argument against the statues and the money and everything. Get all their ugly faces out of my face and just keep it in the books, and they'll learn it in school mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that's where you learn things. Like mm -hmm. get these, get the losing team, get their statues out of my face, get these racist slave owners out of my face, but keep them in the books right. because we need to learn about them. Because every there are no statues right. in Germany to uh, you know, the, to Hitler and Goebbels and all that, but 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 they know about them. <laughs> Yeah, they can't have the swastika used in anything mm -hmm. unless it's entertainment or educational. Like they can do it in movies, but um, and going back to the question of patriotism, because you know um, people, you know, kind of jokingly say, "Well, you you know you must hate you know you must hate America." Then, but think about your, your respective spouses, right, and, and marriage, and like if you love someone, like you want to, and, and something is not right with them or the relationship like you want you speak truth to them right you know sometimes it's hard because when i speak truth to my wife like she, she she i get in trouble um but like you know that what in a relationship or in a friendship right we we want to be honest with each other because we love our friends we love our spouses our partners or whatever you know and so like i think the deepest love for country is shown like like I'm critical of the United States because, like, this is my land. Like, I'm I'm not going anywhere. Um, I want it to be better, you know. Like that. What? Since when is love just kind of blowing smoke up its ass, right? Love is love is like deep respect and wanting to make it better and um, the way that we want with our friends and and. Um, anyway, sorry, got real deep there. I'm, no, that's perfect. That's yeah. beautiful, <laughs> dude. I need a, yeah. I need some Windex. It's, uh, yeah, I know. I need to clean my brains brain. are all over the wall. That, no, that, that's absolutely right. It's very true. We're, and, you know, we're behaving. Like, we're behaving like a country that rose to stardom and was in fact amazing, and then just gave up. Just took its foot off the pedal, and it's like we're not who we like were or like you know claimed to be. We're like this fucked up twisted, tangled mess mm -hmm. of schemers and liars. We're, we're like Michael Jackson circa Waving 95. the flag. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. had a great run. 
more but what like... to Terry's point too? Yeah, you're right, John. To Terry's point, you know, like Billy Joel said, only fools are satisfied. We we should have just be like, oh, well, this is we got all these bombs, we got all these guns. Yeah, it's great. Everything's are fine. We should always be constantly trying to change. There are things that we were doing in the early 2000s that we wouldn't do today, or maybe we would now. But yeah, you should always want to better it and change it. And it doesn't mean you're anti-American or you're not patriotic. You know, it's your duty uh, to question your leaders and question you know how to make things better to challenge them uh-huh. so we don't see a lot of that or we do it just it doesn't get reported in the news a lot it's like cap says after they won world war ii we won the war but we can still do better we can still do better who was that captain america <laughs> i thought you meant uh general pershing general pershing commander of u.s forces uh, oh yes yeah, um, I'm sure he's quoted Cap once. Well, or twice. that that was that was his nickname was Cap. Yeah. <laughs> so Terry, oh, what nice. do you what do you want to what do you want to get into? I know you had some some thoughts and stuff, and I want to give you the open floor, the open mic. Anything uh, you want? No, what it's 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 uh, your ball game. Yeah, actually, tell me a little Baltimore bit. Baltimore Royals trivia it is. Yeah. All right, <laughs> this hitter in 1980. No, I don't. I don't um, know. Tell first off, tell me a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit about. So my my kudos and my my respect to you guys. You guys have been going strong for a while, and um, not Thanks, not um, yeah. You, and you in our busy lives, it seems like you guys you know kind of cut out and reserve this time, and that's special. And and um, and so. Thanks for for not giving up and, and doing what you love and uh, so that's awesome. Um, so with that, with that, like I know you're a man bit. who uh, respects longevity. <laughs> you respect um, longevity. Tell me, yeah. I guess first things, not not that um, to switch roles, not that I'm the interviewer, but real quick, if you don't mind, telling me a little backstory of the pod. Um, well, well, I uh, I was doing the John and Agnew show for a while. Uh, you know, which became John Agnew, DeWitt, and Katie. Uh, and then I think I was did the Rogue show because I think Agnew got, like, engaged and he was planning a wedding, like, real fast, so he, he dipped out. Mm-hmm. And it was just DeWitt, Katie, and I. We did, like, ten shows called the Rogue show. And then I was with my buddy Scotty Brilliant, and we did, like, uh, about 20 called the Brilliant show. Uh, that's his real name. And he's kind of like a dope. Love it. So it's like perfect. Uh, not a dope, but like he's, you know, he's he's like self-deprecating. Mm-hmm, so he like mm-hmm. kind of plays up the dumb angle. And his name is brilliant. <laughs> and then I saw Clark kind of like post on something like Kingman Productions is doing a podcast. And I was like, ooh, I would like to be a part of that somehow. And, and here it is. You were like, yeah, yeah, you can, you can be part... I was like, yeah, I'll do like, I'll be like Fred Norris on Howard Stern. I'll like, you know, <laughs> once in a while chime in. And Clark was like, no, you won't. You have radio experience. Like, I expect mm-hmm, you to, mm-hmm. to talk. Yeah. Like, okay, fine, cool. And there was four of us at the start, right? Yeah, it was crazy. It was like really crowded. But yeah, everything I've learned in this process is from John, just because he had real experience. And I was like, hey, I got a microphone. Let's do it. Um <laughs> But funny enough, yeah, I'm so happy we, we have a chance to do this. But the John and Agnew show, I think I am the only person that has all those shows still like saved on my... I, I had them on an iPod, 
it was like that long ago. But didn't they like go missing, or maybe Agnew has them somewhere? I know but, Agnew has them somewhere. High Commander but, has them, but they're somewhere. not online anywhere. Probably. So uh, if I ever like travel, I'll have like an iPod. I'll, I can listen to those shows. But that was like for years. That was like my daily commute in LA. Was listening to the show, uh, the John and Agnew show. Dewitt and, like, and Agnew Wait. and I kept trying to do something like you know. We would do Ustream, where it was kind of like like video. It was just kind of like what we're doing right now, but like mm-hmm. it was video instead of like like a pod, you know, just just audio. It's audio and video, and like Agnew was the host of that. Behind the scenes, Agnew and Dewitt were wanted to kill each other. So then we did like oh, yeah. some, we did something else. We made Dewitt the host. Behind the scenes, Agnew and Dewitt were like complaining to me about each other, all like nonstop. So, like, a little while went by, and then Agnew and I were at Skyline while I was, like, home on, like, Chris- for uh-huh, Christmas. Uh-huh. This is, like, after I had moved to Florida. And he's like, you know, I want to do a podcast. I figured out how to do it. And I was like, okay, we can do a podcast, but I'm the host. Because I can't stand you two bickering and, <laughs> uh, you know, fighting over who decides what we talk about. I'm going to decide, and if you don't like it, you can just tell me. Mm-hmm. And and that worked like well for like a while because we had like individual segments like Dewitt had a segment, Agnew had a segment, mm-hmm. I had a segment. Can't, can't remember if Katie came up with anything. But it was uh, a good format though. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It worked. Well, I remember those shows. Uh, cooler yeah. lame, cooler lame was like the best. So good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we well we did the show. It was with my friend Mike, and it was. It kind of turned into that a little bit. Uh, it was it was me, you, Biscardi, Mike Biscardi, and uh, what's Claus's like real name? Matt Matt Klasinski. Matt Klasinski. And he yeah. Klasinski bailed after one show. Yeah, he did one show, and I'll still make fun of him for it. But we did like it was a, it was a long show. It was our first one. It, so it was like two and a half show. hours. Yeah. yeah, he goes, I can't commit to this every Sunday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I thought you kind of knew going in what, what this kind of entails. It's usually a couple hours a week commitment. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do it. But I was like, well, thanks for doing it now, being up front. Yeah, put it, thank, thanks, and thanks not, for like, dragging your feet. And, and, then, then, uh, like and then it was like me, you, and Biscardi for a while, and I couldn't, I couldn't like gel with Biscardi. Like, the way he thought that, uh. this, that this thing is produced... Can't blame you. It's not like the way that I uh-huh. know how to produce uh-huh. it. Uh, he wanted all this like pre-planned stuff, and he wanted to like t- do multiple takes and like do show prep like as soon as we jumped on here and like normally like an we jump like we've show prepped for like you know whatever we've done since the last podcast. You know, it's uh-huh. constant. I think his problem too was. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. He's racist and sexist, and he thinks the yeah. mafia is still cool, and it's just. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the issue. I think that was the issue, and also, uh, he, he did like with Biscardi with an eye on the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he uh, did theater. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a right, yeah, definitely a value. Yeah. And he did theater, and I, I felt like he was trying to make it like a production. Like, well, let's try this, and we're like, dude, it's live. There's no like scripts. Yeah. And he would dump he would dump a topic on us and be like, "Come up with the material." Like, <laughs> he's like, "Yo, here's an idea. Da-da-da. Give me something hot." What do you remember, Clark? He'd be like, "What do you have?" And I'm like, "What you do you write get?" It. It's your fucking idea. 
Yeah, and it was so bad. So so we kind of stopped doing it with him. And, and now, you know, we'll pop on. We'll do uh, Nerd 35 here, which is the name of the show we did in sixth grade, making fun of the nerds on a cassette tape. A That's boombox. <laughs> boombox, which is where Nerd 35 comes from. Right. So it's yeah. fun. But the, the big focus is I love uh, the YouTube channel that John does, the Comic John. Uh he, we put these segments on here on the show in like okay. five minute formats video, which is, I think, the best way to do it. So that's. I know you get so many more views. It's weird. So many, Fine. yeah, you get so much gold. gold. So, yeah, that's and the money helps too. We each get paid like twenty grand an episode. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's also not... like since I'm not like uh, you know since I don't even have a hundred subscribers, I get like issues if i try to upload like a two-hour episode uh -huh. so i just like chop them up into little tiny episodes and shuffle them on there it's just tough to upload the two-hour yeah. episodes too well yeah, if i try it. to do it, yeah. it adhd it takes, like, kicks five up. hours like, what's going on <laughs> if you find a mistake you have to restart <laughs> okay <laughs> um all right well, well, I wanted to see if you guys wanted to, and if you don't want to, it's cool, but jump into a little game of baseball card roulette. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to grab my cards. Oh, damn. Very prepared. Okay. Terry, is that okay with you? Do you want to dive yeah, into this especially, uh, um, ham sandwich? Terry, I may have to uh, explain the rules of the game to you. Okay. Yep. You Go ahead. Because baseball card roulette doesn't really explain. It's not really in the title. Uh, so we pull out old baseball cards from, I believe, the late 80s. Oh, yeah. uh, and we say... <laughs> what? So say it's like Andre Dawson. Uh -huh. Andre Dawson looks like the guy, you know, handing out hot dogs at Home Depot that, who shouldn't be handing out hot dogs at uh -huh. Home Depot. You know, like... <laughs> What they look like they would do for a, a occupation if they weren't a baseball player. Got you. Got you. Especially if it's late 80s and 90s. It's kind of my... Yeah, right. That's I, I've, been, I've been following baseball in a long time, but that was... Well, uh, we, we pick them at random, too. Hence the roulette. So we'll start with a little... Uh, I'll just do a quick one here to give you kind of the okay. general feel. All at random, we have... Uh, he's a, he was a pitcher... For the 90 Montreal Expos. Rest Please welcome. Uh, put the hat on. Just Mr. Kevin Gross. Them. Oh, Kevin Gross. Can you see that okay? Or do you need I to know. Like Look up? how fucking terrible. The resolution. like his, his eyes are shadowed over by his hat. You can't even see his face. Love that baby blue. I oh, know. That's the hat that I have. Los Expos. I love that hat too. I would say that Greg Gross... Wait, is that who it is? Kevin Gross. Greg Gross is the all-time greatest Nerd 35 episode ever. I've listened to it three times last week, and it's four years old. Greg Gross. No, it's Gross. What? That's his gross. name? Uh, I'm going to say he looks like... Oh, he's got one on the oh, back. There oh, you go. yeah. There you go. Oh, wow. Okay, this is different. Greg Gross looks like a guy who... Gets thrown out of the Little League game for screaming at the ref. <laughs> so he looks like Frank Lang? Yeah. <laughs> Tell that jerk off it's a bad call. Did that guy just say jerk off? True story. Um, Handjob. <laughs> and you, you don't have he to. He said that, Frank Lang. 
if you nothing comes to mind, mind. If nothing comes all right i don't want to force it then i don't want yeah, to force right it. yeah only only stand in because sometimes you can get like on a roll like he sort of also looks like I, it, it, what is it, Clark? There's like levels to it. It's like he looks like a janitor who always yeah. locks himself in his closet at a <laughs> high school in you know the Bronx or something like that. Like, right. Well, you can like layer it to make it like worse. Kevin Gross wanted to play Major League Baseball, but he blew out his knee in high school, so he became a janitor for the school, hoping to still help out with the baseball team. But some accusations in 2009 prohibited him from being within 100 feet of a school. So right now, he's actually unemployed. But he, he tells really good jokes. If and you don't know his history, you might appreciate them. That's what Kevin Gross is doing now. And am I confusing him with someone else? So he was also going to go on uh, the speaking tour like Dickie Knowles. But, um, <laughs> but Kevin Gross did not stay sober. Um, so he could not make the rounds to the schools. Certainly not. That's yeah. That's probably a, he fell. You on get the wagon, it. Is it on or off? I can't remember. No judgment. No judgment. Just shouldn't be. Better. It's on the wagon if you're sober. Okay. Right. And we're, and again, we're not saying he does this. We're saying he looks like a guy who does this. No, not at all. He's yeah, probably I mean, a yeah. gentleman. Like right. the guys and, who do and a, that. Look and like a him. scholar. Next on deck here we have big, the big liquor. Ooh, this is a good one. Ooh, he was a pitcher. Trying to find the year here. Pitter, pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. And try uh, to pick one where we can see their face. Or I think you'll see a, this. Here we go. Or if they have a mugshot on the back. <laughs> 1982 pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. Please welcome Mr. <laughs> David Wells. Uh, well, David Wells. World champion. Yeah. Oof. He looks like the guy. He looks like the stunt double for Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> He, he likes like, Lexus meat. He looks like the guy who was with the Yankees in the 90s, but half his size. He looks like Don Mattingly. He <laughs> looks like the guy who wipes his mouth with a napkin, crinkles it up in a ball, and tries to shoot it in the trash can behind the <laughs> diner bar, but misses. If David Wells were not a baseball player, he would be the guy... You're, you don't start a conversation with. He starts a conversation with you at yep. the bar and tells yep. you about the best chicken cutlet he ever had and why he knows how to make it better than anyone. That's, That's what David Wells does. Good one. We said that, uh, Terry, we said Darren Dalton looks like the guy who, when you're talking to him at a bar, he's like pretending to listen to you when he's really like looking over your shoulder at like the women 10 feet behind you at another table. Oh, Dutch. <laughs> From the 86 okay. Strohs, the All Houston right. Astros, please welcome the player of the month in June. And he is... That's a good year. Player of the month. I get, he must be a DH, because they're not saying his position. Uh, uh, Astros welcome. would be uh, National League then, though, right? So. Yes, National. Oh, no, you're right. So, well, this one doesn't have his position. Like, it's a player of the month card. Maybe he's a utility, a utility man. Player Could of the be. month, and they don't even have his position. <laughs> it shows you it's how much. Funny. That it's funny. It's a Dunross card. Anyway, please oh, welcome Mr. Dunruss. Kevin Bass. Oh wow, Kevin Bass. Um. Okay. Yeah, player of the month card. It doesn't say. His, see, it doesn't have his position. It's weird. Kevin Bass looks like a guy that showed up to a party. <laughs> Kevin Bass is the girl's dad that you're dating 
the the girl you're dating's dad that comes in a lot, not so much to check on you, but because he's just bored with his life, and he says things like, hey, did I ever tell you about the time I used to work the trolley when I was on tour? And you're like, ah, and it's always an hour story with this guy. And you can't dislike him, but it is kind of annoying after a while. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What's his name again? Kevin Bass. Kevin Bass looks like, always looks like he's, he's one of those people who always look like they're about to cry. Yeah. Look at me, he's like, I'm in, I'm in baseball. You look sad. I feel I'm, sorry for him. I'm in baseball. What do you think, Terry? What would Kevin, Kevin Bass, Bass uh, it, Yeah, if he's not crying, he is about to shit his pants. Yeah. Uh, because he's been waiting in line for the photographer uh, in between in between um, batting practice and gets really nervous because um, he might get sent back down. So he is um, thinking about, yeah. His, his, his self-esteem no, is really perfect. low. I like that, I was gonna say I like he that game, though. Like, what's was, going through his mind minutes before that picture? Yeah. It's He's an interesting line. picture. He, he is a unconfident Dave Grenice. Because Dave Grenice was Good very call. confident. And, and maybe shouldn't have been as confident as he was. But, like, that was a, an unconfident Dave Grenice. Dude, that yeah, is not, such not a, a lot of confidence. A great there. pull. Grenice was, like... It's funny I pulled this card. Did he used to be a his, big Orioles fan? He was so mm-hmm. overly confident, man. But that stuff, like, just kept culminating for him. Like, I remember one time, he was not only one of the funniest people I ever knew, mm-hmm. but he was one of the best athletes I ever yeah. knew. Like, at, at an older age, that I was like, he's so little. But, like, he just... Yeah. I don't know what was that pistol. was. Yeah, he was he great. could. He had I, some I bad speed. Him. Yeah, he wasn't big, but he had some bat speed, and he could crush it. Fly around the base. Without, like, giving a shit or trying at all, because he was so damn confident, which is why I kind of hated him at times. You know, I liked him, but hated him. Kevin Bass, though, oh, that guy works so hard and is not confident, is barely making it. Like, um, He's grounded out to second his last 19 at-bats. <laughs> sounds like someone I know. No, not for me. the seventy-seven struck out home run for the seventy-seven Tigers oh. pitcher. What would this gentleman's occupation be? What would his place in life be at this point if he weren't in baseball? And that's Mister Frank Tanana. Oh wow! Okay, let's see. Oh Frank, it is, it's kind of a tough one. It's a little blur. Yeah, it's a um, seven. Frank is sweeping up hair at a barber shop. So a white, an all-white barbershop, all-white-haired barbers. He got the job in the league. He's full-time in, uh, you know, where the the part of the baseball uh, age when the parents still pitch. So like he, T-ball. and usually that goes, usually that goes to the coach. But he is permanent. That guy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's steady pitcher, like steady quarterback. <laughs> Frank Tanana is the guy you see at an A and W. When you're traveling, or Roy Rogers, when you're like driving down to the Jersey Shore, and you're like, "Just stop! I need something in my stomach." And he always seems to be hanging out there as if he's a regular, mm-hmm. but it's a truck stop. I don't know why he's a regular, but but everyone kind of knows him there. But they, they they're putting up with him. Right, really like him. Right, Matt. Maybe that's what I see. Like I see him s- sweeping up at the Burger King or whatever it is, but he doesn't work there. He just like hangs out and sweeps. He, this is community service. Yeah, he just right. needs something to do. 
permanent community service. Which man. you know, which brings a full circle to our first topic. There you go. Okay, I'll do three more here. Ooh, another Astros one. This gentleman needs no introduction. From the ninety Fleer. I'm sorry, the ninety score. Is that Biggio? Oh, let's yep. see his mugshot on the back. I saw him in the I saw him in the distance. Is that Biggio? Okay. Sure is. Clark, can you show his picture on the back? Oh wow. Yeah, look okay. at that look at that, that grizzly wintergreen in there. He's got some Kodiak. He's got some uh, yeah. Co- Copenhagen. He's got some Cody Copenhagen <laughs> sweet, sweet red Copenhagen sweet red McGillicuddy. Look at that hat. <laughs> No bend at all. Like uh, Colin Kaepernick would be proud of that. No bend. He's the guy that, while on vacation, you're running out of catamaran. He's perfectly tanned on the deck. He's kind of being a little too friendly to your wife, but so you have to reassure yourself in your head that you're doing better financially than him. But then he comes back something else with like a beer or a joke, and you start to like him again. But you're still keeping him on edge. That's what I make of this guy's face. He's the, the law school grad who um, kind of pitched his career with Nancy Grace, um, the, uh, the crazy lady <laughs> who, uh, from HLN Network, yeah. and is really regretting having those 10 years working with Nancy Grace on his resume because now uh, he can't get a job at a, at a serious <laughs> law firm. Anywhere. And, All he and hears he, is her voice. And Nancy Grace has ruined a lot of lives. Um, so he's, yeah. he kind of regrets it, and, um, but kind of doesn't. No, Terry, the man is dead, and I will have <laughs> that done. Wait, why are, you, what was why are his your name? eyes like daggers, Nancy? Why are you screaming at me? She's your always vein, yelling. The, the veins in your neck are always pulsing. What, uh, what, was, what the, was that That guy's name? I didn't. I, Lacey I want, Peterson I was killed. <laughs> Uh, okay, I agree. I'm not disagreeing with you. She was murdered, Matthew. Agreed. We're not even talking about her. I'm trying to. And, and then, that. and then, like, if there's a show about her, it the camera goes to Biggio. Like, oh, there yeah. is in the like. <laughs> shit, Biggio. Shit. Oh, it's Craig Biggio. He looks like the guy who he's at a party and everyone likes him and everyone's talking to him and he's he's nice and cool. But the more you're talking to him. The more you notice that, like, there's all this food in his teeth, and yeah. all the other times that you talk to him, there's food in his teeth. Yeah, greed. Just food. one of those guys. Just food yeah, not in good. His teeth. I, like, doesn't brush his teeth ever. Oh. The bad oral hygiene. He was Papa an outfielder seen? for the 90, 1990 San Diego Fathers. Papa Please seen? welcome, Mr. Gerald Clark. Ah, yep. What would Gerald Clark be doing? Gerald. Gerald with a J. Yes. Gerald is one of those guys who has a million clean, fresh, new, unused pair of socks in the backseat of his, you know, Oldsmobile. Right. It's one of those guys that are obsessed with clean socks. White? Or really dress? weird white. Well, I, like playing socks. Okay. Gerald is a senior foreman at some sort of union affiliate uh, in Detroit. Maybe automotive. Maybe industrial sorts, definitely industrial sorts, but he's the guy that you want to like, but you're kind of afraid of him because he says things here and there like, just don't let that happen again. And you're like, oh, I thought we were cool with that. I guess we're not. So you, you kind of tiptoe around him, but overall, he's a, he's a decent guy to work for, but you got to be on your toes. That's what I make of Gerald Clark. 
And in that vein, somehow Gerald Clark ended up as vice principal of St. Jude, and he has a rapport with a young John Hassinger and, and says, you know, John, I know you don't get along with your sixth grade teacher, but like just three more months and eke it out, right? You know, just do me a favor, take a deep breath, go back <laughs> in the class and do this. Like he's that vice principal that and somehow perfect. ended up in Chalfont. With, he's the fourth black person in Chalfont. And um, <laughs> he has the role of trying to convince John not to go in there and blow up with Miss Carragher. And, when I, when, <laughs> and before, I walk out, before I walk out of, the, of his office, he's like, did you hear the new Snoop Dogg album? <laughs> and I give him a pound and I leave. That's the vice principal I wish we had. Not someone that would suspend you for bringing in the Snoop Dogg album. Did we have a vice principal? No. No, but... Um, we had the vice... We had McMenamin, who was like... We had the emperor. The she was the principal of vice. She, yeah. She, she was the vice squad. She was looking for the yeah. drugs. <laughs> uh, you know what you know, was funny about the... What I found funny as a kid at St. Jude was the student council. There was the 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 president or the representative and the vice, the alternate. In case the first one got assassinated, we had like the one like that was so funny to me. It was well, Halsey's running for the representative. <laughs> okay, great, done. Let's vote for him. But for the alternate, you know, because right. he, he <laughs> might get assassinated, so let's make sure that was always or, so, or so die. funny to me. Natural causes. Or, or die like in office. Or, or almost like uh, Mr. Augustine tried to hit him with his car. Yeah. <laughs> what? What's that? When, uh, vehicular when, assault? When Halsey... Um, Man, yeah. Uh, Halsey uh, was doing his paper route. Ninth grade uh, was... He was trying to overtake Agnew's uh, region. <laughs> it was a war. Agnew sent... It Turf was war? Bad. Um, yeah, I guess was strong. <laughs> it was bad, and um, whenever, and I don't know why Mr. Yeah, Medevac would, would be brought up regularly, but really? whenever he is brought up, I call him a Halsey killer. <laughs> Bastard. Is yeah. that a true story, though? Yeah, uh, obviously, it, I mean, true in the fact that it was accidental, and uh, right. but it was it was pretty serious. Halsey was medevac wow. down to down to the city. Um, wow. But if he had, I, I picture a turf war like in The Sopranos with the garbage routes. Like yeah. Halsey's taking over. It's going to be an, an accident. It's going to happen to you. Which is why uh, you need an alternate. Which is why you need an alternate. You need an alternate. Because <laughs> I thought the alternate would be like the Senate, where like two people vote, you know. The, but no, it was like the backup in okay. case one gets assassinated. <laughs> Do one more here. Assassinated. Or this this gen I guess it's a it's a Houston batter night. This gentleman in 1990 was the right fielder for the Houston Astros. Please welcome right fielder, Mr. Greg Wilson. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, wow, Mr. Lang, I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> Jeez. Well, that ref's a jerk off. It's a lot of Mr. Lang references. You were finished episode. a long time ago. You you want to borrow these? <laughs> He did call ref a jerk off at a game I was watching once, like a CYO game, and I remember like laughing because I was I was there watching Fran. I like slept over or something, and I was laughing, and I just hear this woman go, "Did that man just say jerk off to the ref?" And that was funnier than him yelling it. I was like, "This is great." And I had to ask what that meant. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. I just I just knew it was bad. Yeah, it was yeah, totally it was bad. Jerk off. It's like a more adult version of jerk. Yeah. I don't know what the off is suggesting. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It added an extra... Are, are we still using sure. that as a 
as a um, epithet, uh, jerk off, like, or is that that go out with the nineties? I haven't heard it. I don't. I don't. I use think it if myself. I throw out jerk off, I'm pretty pissed. Fucking yeah. Jerk off, like that's like you're you're a, a useless jerk off. <laughs> yeah. Save it. You're as useless as the end of my jerk off. <laughs> All right. Uh, this guy looks like the guy who is trying to get a deal at the uh, uh, Lens Express or whatever the eye store is called. Lens Crafters. Lens Crafters, right. And the guy is not picking up that he's uh, supposed to give him a discount. And he's one of those guys that will hold up a line of like 10 people trying to get the discount for his huge, thick 80s dad bifocals. So great. Yeah, he just looks like a guy who's always got the five o'clock shadow. I think Glenn Wilson is the guy that is picked every year to be the representative of his company to go to the convention or expo or whatever conference uh, that he hates to go to, and he ends up squandering a lot of the uh, expenses on booze. But he masks them by saying, oh, they were expenses. I was taking clients out. But there are no clients at his paper company. Right. Like... Instead of like schmoozing with clients, he goes to like a dive bar and just closes the place. <laughs> and he goes to Plowtown in the ba- the gas station bathroom with at least two women that aren't his wife on that trip, and they're not attractive either. But he has permission from his wife. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> that's in the that's in the contract. Yeah. Certainly. He's like, look at me. I'll I'll edit. Well, when we do the video too. We'll edit in their like pictures on the screen so it looks. Do you think mustaches became a thing because it's just hard to like get that? Like this is easy, but like this, it's like I'll yeah, just, I'll leave it. Like cookie it duster never looks good. The old soup no. strainer. One out of ten guys can pull it off, maybe even less. Uh, do you want to make it an even to do uh, do one more here? Terry hates this game. I can feel it. No, no, not at all. Yeah, just, I'm warming up. John sometimes you're good. Sometimes you know. I just figure matter. I am. I am betting. That one of these cards is Candy Maldonado because, like, Ooh. there were so many Candy Maldonado and Kurt Manwaring like cards Kurt from. That. I remember him. Like, I have three. Sorry. The, like they were the opposite were of these cards. They were just like printing yeah. like money. <laughs> Candy, it's, what? Tara, what's his name? Maldonado. Maldonado. It's amazing how many of these they printed too. Like I, I look at I look at some of these cards. I'm like, oh yeah, they got to be worth money. And I look it up, and it's like seventy-eight cents in mid condition mm-hmm. because they printed a billion of these in the eighties. But it's funny because it's like, what if no one will buy it for that much? But then what if I find a guy who will pay me five dollars? It's all just like, it's it's all bullshit. It's like a guess. Yeah. The markets. It's the markets. It's whoever markets. wants to pay for it. Oh, this gentleman oh. was. Oh, this isn't a real card. I could all star card. I could, sell, I could sell this 3D printed Yoda pencil holder hmm. that my my uh, father in law made for me for a dollar or a thousand dollars. I just have to find the right nerd. Oh, I'll I'll take it for two thousand. All right, sold. And finally, uh, for the ninety New York Mets shortstop Kevin Elster. Kevin Elster, shortstop for the 1990 New York Metropolitans. Uh, What would Kevin be doing 
hath he not been Kevin, involved in the Mets? Kevin Elster is someone who has to leave the restaurant if they forget to leave the, on, <laughs> the onions off of his salad and serve him a salad with red onions. He has to not only and forget sending it back, he has to leave. Kevin Elster is the guy that plays footsie with you on your first date at Friday's. And he does it before the meal, making for an awkward decision of whether or not to leave or just tell him to stop. But you know it's over. <laughs> and his feet are sweaty from playing baseball. <laughs> oh. Softball. He's a, footsies, he's a footsies guy, but his feet are sweaty. And he yeah. doesn't have the extra backup socks. <laughs> like he plays on the principal did. And he plays on the softball team that's sponsored mm-hmm. by a local car wash. Well, and when his teammates uh, on the softball team make an error, he yells at them, even though it is like after work um, softball <laughs> for fun. He takes it so seriously that he yells at them that like they don't want to come back. And so every week he has to call people and say, are you coming to the game because Amanda can't come? Well, the reason is Amanda now hates you because you're such an asshole on the, in the in the fun softball league that you made less fun. He yeah, has to keep tapping his like washed up, you know, ex ball players who never made it, who are like just craving for something. Mm-hmm. He has to mm-hmm. dig them out of the hole that they're in. <laughs> that was that was a good game. That's going to be baseball card roulette for tonight. Check out all of the. Great players. Uh, Have you guys been watching any uh, television or movies during this uh, like holiday weekend? Anything that you found enjoyable or absolutely horrible, or maybe possibly the weirdest thing that you've ever seen? Like me? Oh, no, curious where this potato salad made. The movie uh, I'm thinking of ending th- th- things. I think I'm thinking of ending things. Hmm. That's the title huh. of it. Dude, it is some of the most uh, like impressive dialogue in a movie and, and manipulation of time and point of view and memory and like the whole, you know, from beginning to end of like a relationship, depending on how far you make it. Hmm. It is deep, but it is impressive, and I couldn't stop watching it today. Uh, Hannah went down for a, a nap, and Heather was like food shopping, so I was like, right, "I'm going to squeeze in a movie here." And it's starring the kid. I can't remember his first name. It's like Plemons. He he was a uh, Jesse Plemons. Yeah, he was in Breaking Bad. He was and oh. Landry. Yeah, and he was in Friday Night Lights and Fargo. He's in it, and then this girl who I've never seen before, who's awesome so good so i recommend it but be in the right headspace okay what's it called again i'm thinking of ending this i'm I'm thinking of ending things things or i'm thinking of ending it i'm thinking of ending things what is it on is it on the flicks it's on the flicks nice it's an an original i think so i'm really bad with with tv and movies and here's just an example i finally uh, John, you're gonna you're gonna jump out of your screen at me. Uh, just last week, I finally finished Breaking Bad. Oh well, that's okay. I, you know, like, that I don't... was a show that got popular way late in its run. Anyway, I was I, late I, to that too. I don't get to things till um, yeah. I like I only did The Wire a couple years ago. I still um, 
I still I've only started The Sopranos, and I need to now watch it because I live in North Jersey. Um, all all things like I, I appreciate, but I, for whatever reason, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, I don't get around to it. You're uh, fighting the good I, fight. I, I'm with you. I always watch things like way after the the run. I, I think so, I just saw Breaking Bad like two Christmases ago. The full thing. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but then I made some reference. Um, to kind of, uh, you know, not like a main character, but a more obscure character. And someone's like, what the hell are you talking about? I was like, oh, you know, Ted Beneke in Breaking Bad. Like, no, that, that show came out in 2013. Or was <laughs> oh, over right. in 2013. And, and plus, that wasn't even a, you know, like a main, main character. But I tried. It's a deep Ted, cut. Ted Beneke. Yeah, it's a deep, yeah. deep cut. It's a deep cut, like the That's grotto outside St. Joe's. It's a deep yeah. cut. <laughs> so, like, Terry, will, will you watch anything tonight, like, before you fall asleep? Yeah. Uh, no, I'll probably probably do some reading. Um, reading, reading. Yeah, I, know, I know reading. Um, no, I mean it's good. No, reading's awesome. You're but I want to. Um, One gets tired. Yeah, I I got a couple books that I'm working on, um, but I'll. Sopranos is definitely next as far as like something to commit to, and then I'm just trying to get up, um, do a couple like documentaries here and there kind of uh, close my my knowledge gaps on um, most of my students are Latinx and I'm a little bit weaker on Latinx history so like watching documents on Latinos in the US and um, what is Latinx is that that's a new term I've never heard yeah of before. and I'm, I'm only like I, I am not that hip I, I've just started dropping it I'm actually this is actually my test run of dropping Latinx I'm probably <laughs> even saying you sounded like you've been saying it for months um, <laughs> but you know how in Spanish uh, everything is um, gendered, right? Gender, so you have right O and A. Instead of saying someone's Latino or someone's Latina, um, you know, like forget that. Let's just say Latinx. Uh, it's Latin. You're talking about for the terminology. Yeah. Right. But but what what is it that you're t you're teaching them? Sorry, but no, I have them for U.S. history. But so instead oh, okay. of just teaching them, you know, the dead white guys. Yeah, uh, you know, wanting to see because over the years I've gotten better at incorporating Black history, but um, which Cesar is Chavez, very important, right? And and then also um, Dolores Huerta and 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 others. See, I did not. I took French in high school, so I'm I'm trying to do my uh, my accent there, which is, which is not. It, it sounded well. good. No, it was good. Thank, yeah, thank Started you. This is this course. is all I'm workshopping for class. Um, Great. But anyway, oh, thanks, trying to close. Thanks for working out on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Take your um, seats. What? And um, perfect. But just you know, so I can. I mean, obviously, Chavez is super important, but so that I can incorporate some of that stuff as as the year goes around, instead of hitting them like for one day in the seventies uh, or sixties and seventies with Chavez. Um, all to say, um, that's what I'm watching. That's, but then, that's cool, though. That you're doing wow. that. Reading some stuff. Um, yeah, for better or for worse, I read a ton of ton of stuff. It's probably Whitney, my wife. She's she keeps me and uh, reminds me that I need to like just chill the fuck out once in a while. Um, yeah, like, I know. It feels like even for entertainment, you're kind of doing it for education. Yeah, I know. I know. It, it's uh, it's a smart probably, man. Uh, Knowledge smart is power, way. right? Yeah. yeah. Like just like even 
so this was in Breaking Bad. I was like, well, I want to see like it was such a phenomenon like that everyone was so into it. Like I'm, you know, as like American culture, like I just want to like I'm interested in diving into it. She's like, shut the fuck up. You're able to just watch it and enjoy it. You don't need to give like this long academic explanation. I was like, oh, okay, fine. This long. I admire your uh, wow. your candor with that, though. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I cannot wait to meet this woman. Yeah, she. Yeah, she I am me. interested that she keeps, throws you like that. Keeps me. Keeps She's me like, in mind. Just relax. Yeah. Be keeps dumb one day. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, it's good for me. Um, I, I'm so. the opposite with my wife. She's. We're both very into, um, you know, politics and history, but she's a little bit more into political activism than me. Like she's on the council, neighborhood council here, and all that stuff. So she'll come home. Yeah. You know, what are you gonna do with this Trump? You know, Trump did today this. And I was like, you know what I'm doing right now? Making a sandwich. And that's the end of it. You know, and I care just as equally, but You're like I'm where, editing this Star Wars. A lot of times, I'm like, yeah, did. Yeah. where did that meat come from? Yeah, just, is that factory uh, farm meat? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, that was that was two nights ago. It was we're getting an all an all plant based diet, and I'm like, good luck with that. I'm ordering a cheesesteak tomorrow. And well, if you know where this came from and all this, so I respect it, love her, it's great. But sometimes I'm, I'm uh, like your wife. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, just just calm down. Just yeah, just, just take just down. Just turn it off. Just not that it. you're like uh, my wife is with, with the Trump stuff a lot, but but I get it. I get where you're coming from. Um, but it's hard. It's hard not to like go off on him. Impossible. Because, like it's like yo. I necessarily don't care about him. He can act whatever way he wants. Mm-hmm. But he has this group that take what he says to marching orders. Like they're it, like they follow him. Like he's gospel. And I feel like there's a part of his supporters or like just Republicans who don't wrap their head around that. It's like yo. We know he's a madman, but there are some people who don't think he's a madman, and they follow him. Mm-hmm. That's scary as fuck. That's dangerous. He's and insane. Like a drone. He says things for ratings and clicks and retweets. Yeah, it's very which, dangerous. Which seemed yeah. harmless enough uh, when he was, you know, what celebrity apprentice and whatever the hell else he did. Um, right, selfless promoter. He's a self promoter, like uh, like insane. He knows how to get attention. He knows how to make news. He just says things that, like, Howard Stern would say during the radio show, mm-hmm. not, not like, as the president of the country, <laughs> complaining, True. like, just lying, yeah. like, the, the amount of lie, like, it's, look, takes one to know one, right? Like, mm-hmm. he lies all the time, and, like, sometimes it, it's meaningless, but sometimes it's, like, it's serious. Yeah, yeah sometimes it's serious. And then he doubles down, and his supporters believe him, and they're... They're not dissimilar to like robots where you're like, no, this isn't true. And they're like, yes, it is. He said that they're programmed. And you're like, Uh and and it's bad because you give up. And you're like, it's exhausting. Deep-seated, which is, I mean, I hate to say racism, but like it is that deep-seated, like us against them, like Uh they're invading on us, even though yet again, we we will remind you, we brought them here. (laughs) They did not invade shit. All lives God. All lives matter. No, it, I love the one where it's like, have you ever seen the uh, universe? Uh, no lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think it would be more appropriate to do um, all lives, not all lives, black, black lives matter, or black lives are all valued, or black lives 
or equal or black lives mm-hmm. or important. But I, I think matter is kind of thrown out there, and I get the premise, but all lives really don't matter. If you look at the guy that's on you know, food stamps at Walmart calling mm-hmm. somebody like a racist name, his life really doesn't matter. Um, so when people are like, all lives matter, I make the joke like, have you been to a Walmart on Friday night? Mm-hmm. A lot of these people don't matter. Because they don't. They, they, they're, they're li- if their life were, were extinguished tomorrow, it's not going to make a dead of difference in the history of the world, ever. So that means mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. I feel like it should be valued or important. Or um, we can make them matter, you know, like it is... Um, right, it doesn't have to be painted on the streets. <laughs> it's uh, just done in life. The, the problem with All Lives Matter... Uh, we, I mean, we know what the problem is, but... Right. People, people still, people I know, people that, you know, are in my family, not immediate family, but, you know, people, all lives matter. Why, why black lives? Because white people didn't have to go through the stuff they did, okay? You, you never have that kind of racism. Uh, I know. I wrote was, at you, so you don't know. I was saying, sometimes uh, I, I like to throw the middle finger uh, on the road. Uh, it's not road rage, it's just... Road, fing- road finger. Road I give, finger. I give him a yeah. nice, a nice rocket ship. Like, as, you, as you or, meditate, or I do this. As you, as meditate. you meditate, and uh, I was telling Heather today, but I, I don't do it to black people. I, for some reason, like if I if I get cut off and I notice it's like a black person, doesn't matter what age or, or sex, I just will like lay off. And Heather's like, "Why?" I'm like. Because they're black, uh, <laughs> it's it's shitty enough. It's shitty <laughs> they don't enough. need they don't need my you know impatient childish rage. Do, do you give the road finger? I do. I do. <laughs> no, I do too sometimes. You know what? But it has my, to be bad. The, my primary target is the five three piece of shit in the truck that is like you know seven stories oh, high. Yeah. That if they get in my way, I wait until they can see me. And I extend. Is, is there a lot of that down? I mean, there's a lot of that everywhere. But is is it the trucks big in Florida? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Texas, but it's pretty ob- obnoxious. Yeah, I think yeah, the I, big trucks down in Miami. It's like the 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 cool like purple sparkly yeah. like Oldsmobiles on giant wheels. Those are fine. <laughs> I love those. They they drive them slow. Mm-hmm. They cruise. They cruise down. They cruise. Those trucks think they're like. T-Rex is Yeah, it is. Um, I, I, I'm trying to put a finger on it the other day. Like, I, I just, I don't get the truck. I mean, I guess I do get it because it's that whole, that whole. Dude, it's it's everything masculine. that we talked about earlier. Yeah, yeah. It's small penis, yeah. shriveled penis, or I don't know how to have sex, or uh, you know. I'm... Yeah, I don't but get the truck. Like the pickup not... truck, unless you're a contractor of sorts. What right, do you? What do you need it for? You know, like it's why? In it, many cases, but the gas that it is swallowing. But you don't yeah, need it's it in Houston suburbs. No, and uh, you know, you have the sticker "Salt Life" on the back, but there's no fishing poles, no surfboard. They're just you know posers. Right. Or it's the the Calvin and Hobbes like. If it's a Ford, it's like the pissing on the Chevy logo. It's like <laughs> you got me. You got Chevy. You yeah. got it. I, I always liked the bull's balls hanging down from, oh, the, yeah. from the back. Um, or, I forgot about those. Or the mud flaps with the silver silhouette of the naked woman on her. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's that real cool. Always, that's like, that, so cool. Only the yeah, coolest guys awesome. get that. And, and <laughs> so actually, dumb. 
and and women actually um, they they are attracted to that. I hear. Yeah, it really turns them on and say, you know, that guy, whoever that is, they got it going on. Mm-hmm. They got to figure it out. <clears throat> I would like to. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I do. I do agree with John with the the flaps with the silhouette women. That's like You might as well just have a Tweety Bird T-shirt mm-hmm. at that point. Just be like, I'm white trash. Come and get me. Because Tweety Bird's the spokesperson for white trash, right? You know, remember like the Tweety Bird used to be a shirt, and he would say something like, "I oh, thought I thought right. pussy," and you're like, oh, "Warner right. Brothers yeah, did not authorize like, that." Don't copyright. do that. That's to a Tweety like, Bird. Bought at Spencer's <laughs> gifts or something. How dare you? Yeah, or like a Wildwood Boardwalk, yeah, or so, they had so they they went to Disney World once in their life. And they bought the leather jacket that says, like, Mickey's Motorcycle Club. And it's like, what are you doing, dude? 75th anniversary. <laughs> that was a good year. Like, what the fuck? So I went to a movie uh, Monday night. I went into a theater. I oh, wow. sat, sat there with my mask, ate popcorn, had soda, smoked weed. And, uh, and really <laughs> is, that legal, enjoyed, is that legal, really damn enjoyed, uh, yes, the, the soda that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah right. Soda. Out of all those things, that is the most dangerous thing I was consuming. Um, damn it, my computer just took a poop. Um, uh, yeah, and Tenet is crazy. I would Tenet. say it's. Pr- we talked about it already, Clark. I'm sorry for bringing it up again, but oh, no. I I would say that movie is like. There, I don't remember a movie other than Memento, who is, which is also Christopher Nolan, where you have to pay attention to every solitary second that is going by in that movie. Because there are glances like this. And it tells massive fractions of the story. Not Do you have to see it again story. kind of thing? Or are you like, I gotta like... I get like, it. Refocused? It's sort of like a sixth sense... Where you hmm. get it all, but you're like, "Ooh, let's go watch it again," and a whole, you know, you'll watch it differently. I like Memento. That was a good film. Yeah, that was good. I love that. I loved Inception. I thought yes. I thought this was better than Memento, but like, not as good as Inception, but pretty close. Uh, who's Inception's the tenant? Who's the actor? That's John, Leo, Dav- right? John David Washington, Denzel's son. Yeah, Leo's an in Inception, and. Uh, Robert Pattinson, who is like, he's like Obi Wan Kenobi. He looks like Pat Burrell. I can see that. that. A younger, yeah. a younger Pattinson did. I remember thinking that maybe eight years ago when yeah. I used to, when I used to think about Rob Pattinson. <laughs> and Pat Burrell. And Pat Burrell. Thank you. Pat Burrell's a handsome man. Is a handsome man. They don't call him Pat the Bat because he plays baseball. <laughs> He was a class act. I'll tell you what he—he he was a top round draft pick that didn't that didn't jump ship like JD Drew. That son of a bitch. And he didn't yes. like—he didn't like you know—he wasn't like the most consistent, but like he showed up in the World Series, and it's like all right, every all is forgiven, like it's yeah. all washed away. You're all, you're great. You're, you're good. Great. You're a champion. You're yeah. gonna. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna hit two sixty, and you're gonna hit twenty five home runs a year, and like maybe. 80 RBIs, that's what we need you for, and come through in the clutch. Right, right. In the clutch, you have to show up like a veteran. Like, I'm there. Okay. Delivered. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was no Matt Stairs, um, but he was, I loved Matt Stairs. I used to call him Stairs Way to Heaven. People are like, he's not that good. I was like, he, all he does is hit home runs. 
He delivered. He, he delivered. delivered. Needed. Mm-hmm. When I first moved to L.A., I went to a Dodgers game by myself. It was like the first week. I didn't know anybody yet. So I was like, it was like done. four miles from where I lived. They hey, played you, don't the need to, you don't need to justify. I, I, I'd go. Okay. So, I, yeah, I went. Of all, of all people, I sit next to a guy from Lansdale, Pennsylvania. Okay. And I was like, this is amazing. So I was like, I'm going to go use the restroom. It was like six inning or something. I was like, um, you know, the Dodgers were up to bat. I'll be right back. Line took forever. I hear all these like boos and stuff like that. I come back. I go, what I miss? He goes, stairs just hit a home run. I was like, stairs. It was like the one chance I had, like, because I <laughs> didn't know when I'd see him play again out here, and he did. But I, I loved Matt Stairs. He always, ah, he came through. Ah, the O's. Look at that. This is one of my favorites. That's think, a nice looking hat. I think Clark has the same one. Oh wow. <laughs> That's so funny. I like forgot about these. Yeah, what... Started talking about baseball. I was like, hmm, which hat should I put on? What size? Oh. What size do you wear? Seven and one eighths. It's a P. It's a P. Seven and five eighths. I thought you were the full eight. Yeah, I stopped. I I, I, I stopped at seven and five eighths. Yeah. I, st- I gave it up. I quit. <laughs> was it a little too loose or a little too tight? No, a little too loose, obviously. A little too loose, but you know. Loose. Bo- Oh, wow, that's a good one. Loose. Yeah, that's a really good one. <laughs> <clears throat> um, do you guys want to put tonight in the W column? Do you want to yeah, keep going? But <clears throat> I do want to have Terry back on to talk about sports in the times of COVID and kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, just get a, a pulse check on where you are as a sports mm-hmm. fan at this age with as you know, being a father, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, sorry, speaking of sports and speaking of the O's, you, 25 years ago today, um, Cal Ripken Jr. plays in his 2,131st consecutive oh, game. Right, it was in September, I remember September that. September 6, 1995. Wow. So that means we're getting so old. old. We are getting very old. I feel so old. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Isn't that what they called him? Iron Man. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, why the past tense there, John? We still call him that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Isn't that what they call him? Okay. Cougar and I were in flight school. He was a good man. Still is a good man. Yeah, that's what I meant. I watched Top Gun last night. So, yeah, for sure. Come back, please. Yeah, yeah. Come back. Let's do a sports check. Hopefully I didn't bore you too much there in the beginning. Um you know, they, no, not at all. And to get out the nerves, you know. Um, yeah, this will as as this will help me as um, starting classes this week. You know that I uh, just get, get loose, loosened up here and and roll right into right into Tuesday's lesson. Yeah. Well, yeah, Terry, don't... you're welcome to to pod John and I in during the lesson. That could only help that, your that, your, that your reputation. Be... <laughs> we are not prone to distract or distractions. Um, these two gentlemen over my left and right uh, shoulders are. Uh... <laughs> That's what I need to do. I need to ask like one of my relatives or friends that are teachers to like just get me in a class, and I'll like get like a lollipop and like kid clothes, and I'll oh just be like this God. big dumb kid. I'm like, who who is that? And I'll just be like <laughs> not like, paying attention. And... You'll be like Dwight when like you know he stands <laughs> behind Michael Scott. You know, like when Michael Scott talks, and Dwight's like that little devil on the shoulder. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah but thanks, great, thanks for coming on, Terry. Yeah, yeah no, appreciate definitely it. come Pre- back. Let's do it. Appreciate again. the invite, and um, you know, think I got got Skype working, and um, without harassing you too much, but um, yeah, wishing you guys well. Have Excellent. a happy Labor Day, and happy uh, Labor Day. And when, um, yeah, we'll be in touch, and then also whenever COVID is safe enough, we can get in person, get together in person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank right. you so much, Terry Fitzgibbons, for being on the show. Uh, check out all the shows for free on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Roku, and by Snail Mail and Messenger Pigeon. From all of us here, thank you so much for listening to the podcasts. Nerd Thirty Five. Good night and Godspeed. And you. And have a great Labor Day. Adieu.